It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you're going to do to me? Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The, the Timberwolves need a stitch. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports, Minnesota. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. I got Kara Levin's very own Reggie Wilson with me, so life is good. Thursday, Reg, almost there. Almost to Friday. We got a 3M Open happening today. Should be fun. Yes, sir. Plenty to break down today. 3M Open, plus talking about the three biggest questions that the Vikings must answer this season. And how do the Twins fare in ESPN's latest MLB first half grades? Later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Remember to follow along on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there and on Twitter. Smash the follow button at Lockdown M-I-N. All right. To football we go. 54 days. Week one NFL season kicks off. CBS Sports ripped off the three biggest questions each NFC North team must answer during this upcoming season. For the Vikings, it boils down to this. Can KOC take Kirk Cousins to the next level? Will the offensive line actually be improved in 2022? And is there enough secondary depth to hold up after near the bottom in multiple passing categories last season? Let's go one by one here, Reg. I'll give you a couple minutes on each one starting at the top. Cousins is in the top 10 to 15 range when it comes to QB rankings. Always has been. KOC needs to take him to the next level and supplant him in the top 10 QBs in the NFL. Can he do it? If so, how does he find a way to finally flip this switch at this point in Cousins' career? You know, I think what's cool about this whole thing with Kirk Cousins is he is statistically a guy that can get it done. And I think when you talk about other quarterbacks around the NFL, most of the other quarterbacks around the NFC, you would probably take Kirk Cousins over a lot of those guys. I talked to Kevin O'Connell a few months ago. He talked about there being another level that Kirk, Kirk Cousins could get to. He thinks that he can bring it out of him. He thinks that he can coach him up and get him to that next level. I wouldn't say that he underachieved since he's been in Minnesota because he has done some nice things. But at the end of the day, quarterbacks especially are measured by their wins and losses. And most specifically, those wins, those wins that get the team to that next level. And he just hasn't had enough of those in his time in Minnesota. But what is interesting about the whole situation is if you have competent quarterback play, we see what that can net a guy because Kirk Cousins has benefited greatly, especially financially mm -hmm. from being able to be competent at the quarterback position. This is going to be yeah. a great challenge for Kevin O'Connell. I think this is something that he is going to have to, really take on. And I think if, if he's going to have success as the head coach of the Vikings, especially early on, like to, to start his whole tenure here with the splash, 
it's going to depend on how well he can get Kirk Cousins to that next level. Because if he gets Kirk Cousins to that next level, we see this team take a step. And we're not talking about just playoffs. We're talking about them possibly making a run. And as we've seen in the playoffs, all you need to do is just get hot at the right time. And you can take that all the way to the Super Bowl, a la the Bengals of last season. Yeah, that's the point right there. It's, it's always the A topic, first and foremost, around here. Both sides of the coin, they got a case. Cousins, top 10, even top five in multiple passing categories. Devil's Advocate says, all right, just look at his record. 59, 59, and two. Doesn't get more mediocre than that. And the big price tag doesn't match up to the lack of big games. He hasn't been able to win on a consistent basis anyways. My issue is the question basically boils down to this. Can KOC turn Cousins into Matt Stafford and what they did in LA with the Rams winning a Super Bowl? And that just isn't fair because Stafford has things that Cousins never will be able to have, like a rocket arm, the ability to improvise and make plays with his feet when the protection breaks down outside the pocket. So taking Kirk to another level is one thing. But asking him to become Matt Stafford 2.0, I just don't ever see that happening. But you're right, Reggie. Is Kirk Cousins elite? Is he a top five, top 10 quarterback? We don't need all that. We don't need him to be elite. We just need to know, can he win the big games? Can he go deep in the playoffs? And can he hoist a Super Bowl trophy? That's all we need. It doesn't matter where he lands as far as these top 10, top five rankings go or how much better or worse he is to the Josh Allens and Mahomes and Burroughs and uh, Herberts, things like that. We just need to know. If he's got a good team around him and KOC's calling the right plays, can Kirk Cousins show up in those big-time games? Next up, will the O-line actually be better this year? I mean, yeah, Darisaw's going to be finally healthy. That's great. And they added two nice vets to compete. They invested another second-rounder at guard and at Engram. But I don't hear one sure thing on the list. I mean, will the O-line actually be better than last year? And if so, by how much would you expect? You would have to hope so. You would have to hope that this O-line is going to be better than last season because they got a lot riding on this offense. And if Kirk Cousins cannot get the time that he needs to throw and they can't open up the lanes for Cook to run as as far as, as everyone is expecting Cook to run this season, I think that's going to be an issue. We talked about this yesterday evening. You expect that Darisaw may take a step forward. You know, this competition at right guard, you expect to be, you know, very, very heated, I guess, is a, uh, for lack for of a sure. better word, but very mm-hmm. competitive. And may the best man win in that, which seems to be, you know, good for the, the, the O-line's outlook that you got some guys that really want to, it's like, okay, if they're going to beat out the guys that are there, then obviously that's a good thing for the line because these guys are going to be what you need them to be moving forward. And so I think when you look at it from all across the board, you know, we've talked about this too, Luke, like Bradbury has things to play for. Like the, the Vikings did not extend him an offer. And so he's coming into this season with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And so he's got a lot to prove. Darisaw has a lot to prove. I know a lot of people have been pretty high on Ezra Cleveland. We'll see if he takes another step. Right tackle, cemented, Brian O'Neill. 
he should be a, a stalwart there. He should be good. Just put him out there and just let him go to work. But that interior really kind of leaves a little bit to be desired, I think. And I think this is the year that they need to take a step forward to kind of propel that offense to where O'Connell really wants them to be. Yeah, Vikes fans want the championship jewelry this year. You can get your own jewelry with Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners. Get 50 bucks off purchases of $500 or more. Use code Locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Back to the O line. A lot of good points, Reg. I ripped on him quite a bit when we went through all those position rankings for not being aggressive and going and signing a Brandon Sure for Joe Thune or even letting go of a third round pick for the best tackle in football when they had their chance in Trent Williams. But they did invest a second rounder in Ed Ingram, and I think they think he's going to be the long-term solution at right guard. You don't take a guard in the second round if you don't think he can be penciled in at least for the next five to eight years at that position. It's just a matter of how quickly it takes him to get acclimated, to get used to the speed of the NFL. Ultimately, though, if Garrett Bradbury doesn't pan out, then Kirk and the entire offense are in a lot of trouble again. And it's going to be another kind of wasted year because they didn't solve their biggest mm. weakness in the offseason once again. Last one, is there enough secondary depth in the back end? They got PP back. They got Harry back. They drafted not one, not two, but three rookies into the mix. Lewisine, Booth Jr., Caleb Bell. Don't forget about Shandon Sullivan brought in to play the nickel as well. He kind of flies under the radar quite a bit when we talk about all these starters in the back end. Thoughts on the secondary depth as a whole? I think they're in much better position than last season. Last season was kind of rough. You know, it was very top-heavy, and if those top guys weren't there or weren't really kind of performing in the way that they kind of expected, then they struggled. You know, I do think the Shannon Sullivan signing is pretty underrated, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he kind of acclimates himself to the Vikings. A Caleb Evans, we knew uh, from the conversations that Quasey has had that he was really high on that guy. And, you know, from everything that we've seen so far, you know, it'll be interesting to see how things go in training camp. But, you know, he's going to be a guy that they're going to be counting on for a good corner depth. And they do have a lot of guys there. You know, I think they, they're hoping that, you know, Patrick Peterson takes, you know, another step forward in his second season with the team. You know, he's a, a wily vet. He's had to change around the, the way that he has to play at times um, just because, you know, he is older. But he's still a very productive player, and I think that they're still hoping to get the best out of a guy like that next season. And so with him kind of leading the charge, maybe you hope that Dantzler takes another step forward and uh, maybe Booth Jr. becomes a, a guy that could be CB1 moving forward. You know, hopefully he picks up steam and he stays healthy throughout the season. And I think that gives you encouragement along with, like I said, Sullivan and Evans on that back end of that defense. Like, I think they have really good depth. And I think if they can develop in the way that this team hopes to develop them, I think they could really be a scary unit. Boy, what a difference a year makes. Check out right? the depth chart and roster last year. Safety. 
top two heavy, Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods was on a one-year deal, didn't know the future of him. And then you got Miles Dorn, Cam Bynum, and Josh Metellus. No idea what to expect from any of those guys. So top two heavy, but no depth if any of those guys go down. Cornerback, Patrick Peterson and Bashad Breeland was your starters. Mm -hmm. Mac Alexander, Cameron Dantzler. Obviously, we know the story, what happened, couple injuries along the way, couple guys get benched. All of a sudden, you're starting guys like Harrison Hand and Chris Boyd with Perry Nickerson backing them up. No disrespect to those guys, but you look at what they got now, and it's not so much the depth for me. Because there's a lot of bodies back here all of a sudden, which is great. And that's going to breed healthy competition. We're talking about how do we get all three safeties on the field at the same time all offseason. So that's a good problem to have. But it's more right. so, it's is there enough talent, not just bodies? What are you getting from 32-year-old Patrick Peterson at this point? Are you still getting a Pro Bowl Harrison Smith? Is Cam Dantzler taking another step forward? Or is he kind of plateaued a little bit in his development? And then it's tough to lean on rookies in the second secondary so you can get mm -hmm. one maybe two of those three guys to be impact guys early on that would be huge a lot of question marks for sure but when it comes to just depth I think there's plenty of bodies to breed some healthy competition which is great for this mix of vets and young players I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch play out during training camp into the preseason pretty cool to see these rankings get some healthy debate going we want to hear from you go comment on the YouTube channel let us know what you think 54 days until week one of the NFL season, Vikings training camp less than one week away. Until then, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. All right, to baseball we go. ESPN came out with their first half grades for all 32 teams. Twins got a B, Guardians got a B minus, and the White Sox, just three games back from the division league, got a D. Reggie, forget Ooh. about how we got here. Forget about what it's looked like up until this point. If I told you at the beginning of the season that I pulled a – Marty McFly went into the future, and the Twins were in first place with a B grade over the Guardians and Sox. What would you say? I mean, how would you feel? I would say that's fantastic. You know, you like I think, uh, yeah, I think you look at it, and I don't know that anyone expected them to be what they are, per se. But it's funny, like, they could be a whole lot better considering some of these games that they've blown and some of the losses that they've taken. But I think if you're looking at it and, you know, midway through the season, you're like, oh, wait, ESPN is giving them a B? Oh, that means we're balling this season. Okay, I'll take that. Like, I think anybody looking at that, they're excited about that. And you just hope that, you know, moving forward toward the second half of the season, they don't, like, plateau or drop off the face of the earth and, and really kind of regress. I think – this is a good situation for them. Six games over 500. A couple games, you know, ahead of, of um, Cleveland for the division lead. Like, sustain. Sustain. You probably got to make some moves. You know what's funny? I brought this up to my guy Andy in the sports department yesterday. I said, Andy, hear me out. Twins. Dallas Keuchel. Ooh, do, okay. do you do you I feel and he said no he said no absolutely not like huh. and I was just like I mean I get it he hasn't been great I mean at all he's been awful this season he just got DFA'd uh, for the second time this season the White Sox and now the Diamondbacks 
But it's just interesting. It's just almost like, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And if you're not going to go out and make a move, which I think they should do, uh, to get some some help with a good arm, why not take a flyer on Keiko? Maybe not even as a, a starter, but maybe you throw him in the bullpen. Maybe he can do something different in the bullpen when you're not counting on him to be a, you know, five, six, seven innings eater. Why not? I mean, it's pretty low, low risk, I think. So, you know, they got a need with pitching. He could kind of help with that need. I, I understand he hasn't been great at all this season, but why not? Why not? He's been a he's been an all-star pitcher. He's been one of the best in the game at certain points in his career. Maybe he's not that guy anymore, but why not take a flyer? What what's the worst that can happen? But maybe they need to put all this competition rivalry aside for a second and enjoy a built bar, would you? Built bar. Collagen protein, easily digestible, provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15. Yeah, the article gives the front office, who we're hard on a lot, major props for being aggressive this offseason. After finishing in last place last year, going out and being aggressive. Correa, Urshela, Sonny Gray, Gary Sanchez. I mean... Those are no joke moves. And then obviously having two all-star performances at the top in the order, Bucks and then Arise helps a lot. Two guys, by the way, that couldn't be more polar opposite and how they got their all-star stats, by the way. Article also highlights Joe Ryan and Johan Duran, who look like the real deal for the long-term plans, guys you can build around. And then they, of course, had to mention that the team may have gotten a little too aggressive, though, at the end with one too many trades. <laughs> of course, talking about the Taylor Rogers for Paddock and Pagan who's got a lead league five blown saves, but we won't talk about that. Guardians with a B minus seems about right, but how about the White Sox with a D? Now, 46 and 46 record isn't what got them the D grade. It was failing to live up to those high expectations prior to the season that killed them here. 34 of 38 experts had them winning the division. And to be honest, I can't blame them. I would have been one of them coming off a 93 win season, basically returning mm -hmm. all your core guys and then some. Here's the bad news yep. for us. Sox have the second easiest schedule the rest of the way in the MLB. Not good. We talked about them and how they, Yikes. you know, we're just waiting for them to turn on this switch at any moment. Thoughts on the Twins, Guardian Sox, just real quick, how the division race kind of projects to play out here in this second half. Yeah, you know, it's funny that <laughs> at the very end of this, they talk about how they might have gotten too aggressive and, and backfired with the Rogers paddock pagan trade. You know, it's almost like you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. Before the season mm -hmm. started, everybody was just like, man, it seems like the Twins need to make another move like that. It seems like they shouldn't be done. Like, they need to do something else. And then they do something else, and then you're just like, oh, well, maybe that just wasn't something else to do. And I too hope much, they're not reading much. this. Yeah, I hope they're right. not reading this because I still think that there are more moves that can be done that could help this team. And if they are feeling like, oh man, okay, maybe we got a little too aggressive. Maybe we need to just backtrack. Maybe we were a little knee jerk. I don't know with, with our need for starting pitching or, you know, whatever the case may be. No, no, no. Keep that same energy. Like stay aggressive. Don't let, you know, the results of this trade really kind of deter you from still trying to help this team because 
I don't know if the answers that they are looking for is on this roster or is on the AAA roster to help this team take that next step or get over the hump with some of the just the the excruciating circumstances that they have faced this season. You know, I don't know if we expected the Guardians to be what they are. And maybe they will regress in the second half of the season. Maybe they won't. They got a really good manager that knows what he's doing. So maybe this shouldn't have been a surprise to any of us. But I don't think we saw them competing in this way. I thought that, you know, I'm sure a lot of us thought that it would be the White Sox kind of like running away with the division, the Twins trying to keep up and maybe get a wild card spot. And then the Guardians like kind of, figuring in in that mix behind them but I think this season has been a pleasant surprise for all of us who follow the twins and all the the fans who you know live for the twins I think you're just like wow like let's let's go but I think what you're kind of hesitant about is just like all right hopefully that other shoe doesn't drop and you know this second half of the season just turns out to be just trash like I think you you're hoping that some of the energy that was captured in the first half of the season really kind of goes forward and 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 really you know still provides that spark for them in the second half so that they can get to the postseason and we do see some meaningful baseball here in October yeah no you're right about that there's a theory in baseball saying that goes if you think you can win 85 games why not try to win 90 because if you can mm. win 90 in the MLB, you sneak into the playoffs. We've seen it time and time again. Anything can happen in October baseball, and anyone's got a chance to get hot and go on a run. So Twins fans hoping they do stay aggressive here as the trade deadline approaches. Two more days of rest for the Twins before they start that second half out. Seven row games in a row, starting with the Tigers for a two-game stint Saturday evening. Rest assured, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. All right, time has come. My favorite segment's here. I'm going to put Reggie on go. the hot seat with what does it mean. covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First one up, Adam Schefter, officially reported former Viking and Giants tight end Kyle Rudolph will be playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks this season, ending the dramatics and rumors around Rudy possibly returning back to Minnesota for his final stint. What does it mean for Rudy, who now gets to catch passes from the GOAT, Tom Brady, in one of the league's best offenses last year? Also, what does it mean for the Vikings' current tight end depth chart with another big name off the free agent pool? Is this what we're rolling with? What you see is what you get. Yeah, I suppose so, man. I think, in my opinion, I just felt like Kyle Rudolph was the best available option out there. And I just thought that, mm -hmm. you know, he had been hanging around so much. Like, he was in the 3M Open Pro-Am yesterday. Like, he's been here. He's been, like, this is home. So I thought, you know, why not keep him home, you know? Like, Let's see what happens. I think that will be good depth for, for Irv. I think it was a good voice to have in the tight end room to kind of help, you know, the, the young guys through. But obviously, you know, he wants a ring. He's going to go play with the GOAT. And I think this is a good situation for him. You know, it, it didn't go as well as he would have liked with the Giants. And I think, you know, this provides a chance for him to – you know, be a really good red zone threat for Tom Brady and really kind of fill the shoes that Gronk left out. Like, 
he's not the the guy that Gronk is as far as like athletically and all that stuff. And you know, Gronk had kind of taken a step back, but he still was a, a dominant tight end in the league. And so I think what we'll see is, you know, maybe I, I'm I won't go as far as saying like a career resurgence, if you will, but you know. Brady does have to get rid of the ball. He does love throwing to his tight ends. And I think, you know, him, Cameron Brate, I think they provide a good one-two punch for him down there in Tampa. And they also provide, you know, at this later stage in Rudolph's career, provides a chance for him to really play some meaningful football uh, and really something that he hasn't done, you know, especially over the last several years in his career kind of allows him Towards the end, you know, it, I, I won't call him, you know, at a career right now just yet. But I think, you know, as his career is having more, you know, games behind him than in front of him, I think this provides him a good chance to, you know, possibly play for a Super Bowl or get towards one with the GOAT and and really just kind of have a, a good statistical season this year in Tampa. Best case scenario, I think he would have returned, reunited in Minnesota for his final little stint here. But to see him go play with the GOAT down in Tampa, I don't know what the odds are. Probably Bucks are 7-1, to 8-1 to one to win the Super Bowl again this year. Uh, that's pretty fun and exciting to see as a fan of Kyle Rudolph, who brought us so many mm -hmm. great memories here over his tenure, all the way back to the Christian Ponder-Kyle Rudolph connection when he was a rookie coming out of Notre Dame. He's been a lot of fun. He's brought in a lot of excitement again to the state of Minnesota and this fan base. Fun to see him play with a legend, the GOAT, greatest of all time, like Tom Brady. And I think you're right. When you look at just their depth chart, I think he's just splitting time with Cam and Bray. They did draft mm -hmm. University of Minnesota alum Keith uh, later in the draft, I think seventh round. So little Minnesota tying connection there, which will be cool, but can still be a red zone threat, can still get his hands on the ball, can still play in line and be a blocking tight end in that play action game. I think it's going to be fun. And hopefully, who knows, maybe if the Vikes don't win it, we can see Kyle Rudolph right out into the sunset hoisting the Lombardi trophy. That would be a lot of fun. All right, next one. Yeah. CBS highlighted six teams Former Saints head coach Sean Payton could land when he makes the long-awaited comeback tour after 2023. Six teams from top to bottom were this. Seahawks, Raiders, Bucks, Jets, and the Bears and Cowboys, the top two landing spots, according to CBS Sports. What does it mean when trying to predict which team Payton is most likely to choose when he comes back to the NFL coaching circle? Out of this list... Honestly, the, or if the you got another Jets, wild card, throw it out. I mean, if you think there's another so, one that that makes more sense. No, I, I I'm gonna go somewhere here, Luke. But out of this list, the Raiders just hired a new coach. The Bucks right, just so. hired a new coach. The Bears just hired a new coach. The Jets, he's only Salah's only in his second season with the team. If they punt after only two years, then they're just as crazy as the Jets are. You know, the Seahawks are a wild card. Pete Carroll is not getting any younger. And now he's kind of going through a little bit of a rebuild. You know, I, I love Drew Locke. You know, he he's my quarterback. You know, he, he quarterbacked my, oh my, my proud alma mater at Mizzou. You know, I, I, I love the guy. But I think if you're hoping that you're going to, you know, chart a new path after Russell Wilson with Drew Locke, you, you might be, you know, on some hard drugs or something. I don't know. It's it's not going to happen for you, okay? 
Like, it, I'm sorry. It's just not. Like, I, I want the best for Drew Locke, but I think we've seen enough of him to see what he is, and I think he's just not a guy that's going to elevate your team to that next level. And so it's going to take a little bit, I think, unless Pete Carroll has a plan where it's just like, all right, uh, we're going to suck this year, and that's going to get us, you know, Bryce Young you know, the heir apparent for Russell Wilson moving forward. And, okay, yeah, I'm re-energized. Let's coach this thing up. You know, he's he's a really fiery guy. So I, I think that's a wild card. But for me, with Sean Payton, it's Cowboys or bust, baby. Like, he's been there before. You know, it just – the stars didn't align before. You know, he's had such a good gig with the Saints for a long time. Honestly, if it doesn't work out with McCarthy this year, I think he's done. Like – Peace out. Like, he's got so much talent down there in Dallas with this offense. Like, the defense is much improved. Like, if he can't get this team over the hump next season, like, I think he's toast, man. And that just seems to be a perfect landing spot for Sean Payton to come in. He's got a quarterback. He's got a good running back. He's got a plethora of receivers, a good offensive line. You know, uh, a defense that's emerging with Micah Parsons, one of the most exciting young players in the game. You know, he's got digs at cornerback. Like, that team is loaded, dude. Like, they're supposed to compete for, you know, championships down there. And they're just not doing it. The Cowboys always underachieve. But Sean Payton is a coach that always seems to get the most out of his teams. And that just seems like a marriage just made to happen so if it doesn't work out with Mike McCarthy this season I can see him going to Dallas and that really working out for both parties yeah here's why that's a perfect fit because Sean Payton is a hire that screams let's win now this is not a mm-hmm. hey we're rebuilding uh in Chicago we got a young <laughs> they've been trying to win now for <laughs> over a decade <laughs> And you're right. This Cowboys roster is stacked. It's loaded. It's ready to win right now. You get Sean Payton's hands on that offense. If Mike McCarthy doesn't pan out this year, if he doesn't live up to high expectations, he's already on the hot seat in week one, let alone where we get in the middle of the year by the end of the year. I think Sean Payton just makes so much sense for that offense and that team because, again, they're ready to win right now. Here's another sneakier wild card one as far as like, all right, maybe they are a little bit closer than we think. The New York Jets. First of all, they got the Mm. young, talented quarterback that Sean Payton would just drool over. And then look what they just did in that draft. Remember how wild we went after three first-round picks and everybody gave the Jets a a A grade coming out with Sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, Brees Hall. They did a great job. And then you add another year onto that. All those guys get one year of experience under their belt. Sean Payton comes in and gets his own draft class that he can bring in. They drafted Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. So I think the Jets, if the Cowboys doesn't work out, I think the Jets may be a sneaky one too, depending on, again, Robert Sala entering his second year we'll see how he lives up to his expectations as well you're right though a lot of these teams going in with first or second year coaches on paper doesn't make a ton of sense but Sean Payton may be a guy in some front offices minds that it doesn't matter who we got Sean Payton's an upgrade unless you've got one of the oh, top yeah. 10 coaches in the league so um, they may be willing to let bygones be bygones and just say you know what I know we just hired you and you're in your second year and you just installed everything and draft your own guys but this is Sean Payton 
I'm sorry. We can't turn it down. We can't resist. Interesting to see all, all that will play out. Interesting to see when he will actually come back to. It says after this season, but who knows? I mean, is that right away in the offseason? Does that mean he waits a little bit? You would think as a coach, you want to get your coaching staff in place. It would happen immediately after the season takes place. But we'll see. Maybe right. he ends up enjoying uh, retirement a little bit and ends up taking 2024 off too. But when he does come back, he will certainly be at the top of the list for a lot of teams. All right. That's a wrap. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Vikings, Twins, plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow. Signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.